Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. Quite often, you'll hear unbelievers loudly proclaim some of the same things believers in Christ will be saying. And as Pastor J.D. explains today, Satan uses this as a way to add confusion and distrust into the world. So believers must be discerning and intentional to listen to the messages being spoken around them. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on February 6th, 2022. Let's get started. Have a lot to get to today. I need to take and tackle three tough topics concerning what it is that's happening to us and even against us. And with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll do so by asking and answering three questions. And these are questions that I myself have been inquiring of the Lord as of late, as it relates to everything that is now happening. Now, by way of a preface, I need to say this. Please know that I'm in no way posturing myself as one who has all the answers. I do not. Rather, I only seek to point you to the one who does. And that's Jesus. Yeah. Praise the Lord, right? I hope, I pray, it is my hope, it is my prayer that all of us, myself included, will be encouraged in the Lord and renewed in our strength from the Lord as we face that which seems to be ahead. So with that, let's just jump right in and get to it. Question number one. Why are those who are not born again coming out against the same things and saying some of the same things that we as Christians are saying? Uh, This is actually something I've been inquiring of the Lord about for quite some time now. Uh, specifically as it relates to the mandates and what's known as totalitarianism, which is dictatorial governmental control. So in other words, you've got people, well-known people in some cases, that are basically coming out against all of this and even saying some of the things that we're saying couple thoughts on this. The first of which is that Satan is the author of confusion. 
And nothing can be more confusing for gullible Christians than this. He's also the master deceiver. So you get someone famous, I'm not going to mention any names, don't need to. Um, And they're not a professing Christian, but yet they're saying the same, in some cases, the same exact things as the Christian is saying. And here's the thing, it's only the discerning Christian who truly knows the Word of God and the God of the Word, that has ears, discerning ears to hear and distinguish the difference between what they're saying and what the Christians are saying. And I'll explain. If you listen very carefully with discernment, what they're saying, it does sound very similar. But that similarity ends because in the end it's about man rising up and not Jesus coming back. Let me say the same thing in a different way. They'll start off talking about, you know, governmental control and, you know, the globalists and the new world order, one world government, and they'll take you down that road as far as you want to go. But then (laughs) there's a much needed parting of the ways, if I can say it that way, because their hope in the end is that man will rise up and fight. Uh, I'm sorry, my Bible doesn't say that. In fact, my Bible says the opposite of that. Jesus said, you know, if my kingdom were of this world, my disciples would rise up and fight. But they don't, because my kingdom is not of this world. So is that our hope? Is our hope that somehow we can rally the troops, as it were? Rise up and fight, fight, fight. Or is our hope not in this world? Rather, our hope is in Jesus coming back to take us out of this world. Here's a second thought. It's that we're all prone to our default, as it were, in concluding the worst case scenario when it comes to this. And by that I mean, we just assume that the New Ager, Mormon, atheist, secularist, humanist, scientist, et al., will all influence us. However, God's heart, God's nature, and God's will is that in His grace He uses us to influence them for Jesus, and not them influence us away from Jesus. The Apostle Peter in his second epistle, the third chapter beginning in verse 8 says, concerning the Lord's return. He says, 
But do not forget this one thing, dear friends. With the Lord a day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, He is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. That's the heart of God. He doesn't want anyone to perish in hell for all eternity. And yes, hell is for all eternity, by the way. That's what my Bible says. I'll be referring to this quite a bit today, so, so you know. <laughs> Imagine that. In his first epistle, also the third chapter, this time verse 15, he writes by the Spirit, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. Hang on to this one. We're going to come back to it towards the end of today's update. Just uh, maybe a little bit of a spoiler alert here. The key here is everyone who asks, be at the ready to give them an answer. Well, pastor, with all due respect, uh, I don't get asked about the hope that I have. Hmm. I'm going to leave that right there with the Holy Spirit. But again, we're going to come back to that at the end. All right, because the second and third questions are likely to be censored on YouTube and Facebook, we'll go ahead now at this time and redirect you to the, everybody's, you guys know the drill here, right? Okay, are we good? Oh, now we are. All right. Question number two. Why are so many people getting so sick, whether they've been injected or not? I have to confess that this one is arguably the toughest one of all to wrap my mind around, let alone provide a biblical answer to. But again, with the help of the Holy Spirit, I'll do my best. None of us want to hear this. But the fact of the matter is, it's the hard truth about what's really happening to us. Here's the truth. This is a satanic genocide on a global scale, and it's the likes of which we've never seen before, nor will we ever see again. This demonic depopulation plan has been in the works for many decades, if not longer, by the way. And it seems that the appointed time to execute said plan was at this time in human history. But God. But God warned us and foretold us that this is exactly what would happen 
at the time of the end, and it's beginning to come to pass even now. And one need look no further than to the prophecies in the book of Revelation, specific to the seven-year tribulation, which speak to this genocide and depopulation. We've talked about this in previous updates. Now, the question is really this. Are we willing to hear and take heed to this hard word in God's Word? Stay with me, please. I am keenly aware that what usually ensues when teaching this and talking about this is a turning away from the hard truth, and as such, unpopular truth. So that's really, to me, the question when it comes to why are so many people getting so sick, whether they've been injected or not. Well, there is an answer to that question. That's not the question, is there an answer? No, there is an answer. The question is, are we willing to receive the answer to that question? Because it's kind of hard. And now the onus is on us. Am I going to receive it and take heed to it, or am I going to turn away from it? After a very hard teaching from Jesus, John's Gospel, the sixth chapter, tells us that many were offended. (laughs) And from that time they turned away and they stopped following Jesus. He had just got done teaching them a very hard teaching concerning His body and His blood. And they were so offended, it was too hard of a teaching. They even said as much, and the result was they turned away and followed Him no more. Dare I say that that can be said of us today? Well, beginning in verse 67, we're told, Then Jesus said to the twelve, speaking of the disciples, Do you also want to go away? But (laughs) Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Very interesting. The thought is, is that that answer reveals something about Peter, and perhaps it reveals something about us as well. He actually thought about where else he could go and had come to the conclusion that there's nowhere else to go. To whom shall we go? We already thought about going to the other church down the street, but no. You have the words of eternal life. Just that alone. (laughs) Interesting. You have the words of, keyword, eternal life. Not the words concerning this life, 
so I can have my best life now. No. Eternal life. Also, Peter goes on to answer Jesus, saying, we have come to believe and know. (laughs) I like that. I love Peter. I love Peter. We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Mic drop. What else are you going to say? Where else are you going to go? You alone, nobody else, has the words of eternal life. The words you're teaching as hard as it is to hear and heed, they're the words of eternal life. And these words of eternal life are coming from the Christ, the Son of the living God. Oh, would to God that we, and again I include myself in this, that we would hear and heed the hard teaching. I think about Isaiah, who talks about how they just wanted, the people wanted to have the prophets speak only smooth things. We're going to talk about that in a moment. You know, you're you're such a doom and gloom preacher. Well, kind of getting ahead of myself. We need to uh, tackle this third one. And it's a biggie. Why are some well-known evangelical leaders promoting the injection? I suppose it could be said that I saved the worst for last, so to speak. Again, I would just ask that you hear me out on this one. This too is a very difficult one to address, but it has to be addressed. I do not in any way wish to be derogatory towards another brother in Christ, but it is incumbent upon me to warn against wolves. And sadly, many a well-intentioned Christian and worse pastor is naive and deceived, having believed the lies from the father of lies. And it's heartbreaking. The Lord directed me to a passage in the book of Acts, chapter 20. It's uh, kind of intense, a little emotional. Luke is writing by the Holy Spirit. It's actually the Apostle Paul's farewell address to the Ephesian elders. These were the leaders of the day in the early church. And he knows he's not going to ever see them again. And it's really a heartfelt exhortation, his parting words to them. And you would think that his parting words to these Ephesian elders, whom he loved so much, would have been maybe something along the lines of, you guys just stay the course, be encouraged, be strong in the Lord. No. It's a warning. His parting words are a warning. Beginning in verse 28, 
the warning is this, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Stop right there. Overseers. These were the leaders in that day. The overseers and the pastors, he goes on to say, be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. And here's why. He says, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. And then he says this, he says, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. In other words, you guys, I'm never going to see you again. I'll see you (laughs) in glory. I'll see you when the trumpet sounds, dead in Christ rise first, and they meet us who are already in the presence of the Lord, absent from the body. That's the next time I'm going to see you. But you guys, there's going to be men that are going to be from within your own ranks. These are fellow leaders that are actually wolves in sheep's clothing. And they're going to be vicious, savage, merciless. They won't spare the flock. And this is God's flock, the flock of God that you've been charged with overseeing and shepherding and leading. So be on your guard. And then he says this, and I have to confess that this brings me great encouragement as a man who cries a lot like a man. I cry like a man. cry like a baby too, but (laughs) he says, remember that For three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. He wept over them in his warning to them, because he knew. Notice he doesn't say, I I think it's a possibility. I think there's a great likelihood that after I leave, savage wolves will come in. No, he says, I know. I know what's going to happen. If you don't mind, I want to, well, I don't want to. I have to. I have to draw your attention to an opinion piece that was written by Megan Basham, if I'm pronouncing her last name right. It was published on the Daily Wire, titled, How the Federal Government Used Evangelical Leaders to Spread COVID Propaganda to Churches. It's a long read, but it's a must read. And this for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that the writer, to her credit, I might add, is doing what pastors and leaders should be doing. We're so glad you joined us for this edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. You've been listening to the latest prophecy update that Pastor J.D. has been sharing And as always, it's fascinating to hear and learn 
about how the things going on in the world relate to things predicted in the Bible. If you're ever interested in finding out more about this ministry, head over to jdfarag.org. That's jdfarag.org to learn more. If you're in the Kaneohe area, you're always welcome to come check out our church family. At Calvary Chapel Kaneohe, we meet on Sundays and Thursdays for a time of worship, fellowship, and in-depth Bible study with Pastor J.D. There's a Calvary link at the bottom of our webpage, so look for it at jdfarag.org. That link will give you more info on service times, directions, and more. Also, on our website, you'll notice a tab at the top that says ABCs. This is a helpful tool if you're in need of understanding a more in-depth view of what it means to have a saving knowledge of Jesus. If you or any friends or family need some clarification, this should help clear some things up for you. Again, that website is jdfarag.org. Next time, you'll get to hear some more interesting things about current affairs and how they relate to what the Bible says to be true. The prophecies in the Bible were not just mentioned casually. Every prophecy written in the Bible will come to pass. So there's much to understand about what's to come. We look forward to that time with you and hope you'll join us then. Until then, may you be looking for wisdom from God in spirit and truth.